0: Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Third time uh, here with you, and it's been such an honor and a pleasure to be asked to uh, share God's Word with you. And each time that I have the opportunity to come and speak to you, God just shows up in miraculous ways in preparation for the Word that He has. And just to share that with you, uh, for those of you who have not heard me in the past, uh, God uses me a lot in journaling and prayer and being able to just, I write everything down of what he's saying, and I love to just be able to use what God says to be able to encourage the people of God, to be able to encourage even people who don't know God. And so as I was preparing for this sermon this morning, God had me write down three specific words for three people here this morning. And I don't know who you are, and I don't know what you're going through, But this morning's sermon is going to be based upon the story of Esther. And what makes this story a miraculous story is that it's one of the only books in the Bible that God's name is not mentioned. It's like he's the invisible God, but he's working behind the scenes to do amazing, amazing things. And so back to what God had me journal for three people here. It's three people who feel that they do not have a sense of God's presence in their life right now. That maybe you're going through something and you just feel so distanced from God. That you feel that you've just been praying, you've been asking, you've been seeking, but you're not hearing anything. And so here's the first word that God has. God says this, my hand of love is upon your life. It guides you, protects you, and I love you. In every season, I am with you. Nothing is too hard for me as your God. And because I live in you, nothing is too hard for you either. When you're faced with a challenge, know that I am here to strengthen you, that I am here to give you everything you need to overcome and be victorious. So if that is here to, if that is you this morning, please hold on and heed that encouragement for the Lord because that is the Lord speaking to you. That is God saying, yes, child, I hear you and I am with you. The second word that he had me journal down is for a person that you're feeling that you are at a time where you are timid. You are feeling fearful about something. That God is asking you to step out and do something, but you do not have the courage to do it. So God had me say this to you. He says, my child, you are bold and courageous as a lion. If you have chosen to serve me, do not walk in insecurities or fear, and fear not, Because I am with you, and together we conquer every fear. I am your Lord God, and I love you with an everlasting love, and I have already gone before you. So lift up your hands to me, and go and make that courageous risk that I'm calling you to do, and do not fear failure. But run after what I have called you to do, and I will be by your side. So if that is you, again, I encourage you, take heed to what God is saying to you this morning. And then the last thing God had me chronicle is for a person that you just feel that you just need encouragement, that you've been seeking encouragement through God, through reading his word, maybe through a fellowship with others, but you just... It's just not coming to you. So this is what God says to you. I am always encouraging you in your your heart. I'm the God that knows everything about you. I know your past, I know your present, and I know your future. But I say be still this day to know that I am your God who will encourage you in your time of need i say again and again and again you are my beloved child i will never allow you to move forward without being victory without being without experiencing my victory because it's through your victory that you will also encourage others so again If you are feeling that that word is for you, take heed and know that God is speaking, that God is with you. Let's bow our heads in prayer if we can. Please, God, I just thank you so much for each and every person that you have brought here this morning. Father, you know that I do not take times where I'm asked to share your word lightly. Father, you know the week that I've had this week. You know, God, that it was a week like no other. But, Father, I put it aside, and I ask that the word that you have placed on my heart this morning for your people this morning, that you will speak through me, and that you will anoint it, and that you will have your way in what is to be spoken this morning. Father, I pray that you will just surround this uh, sanctuary right now with guardian angels. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever the enemy has assigned this morning, I denounce it in the name of Jesus. I pray for those, Father, who need to let go, for those who need a breakthrough, for those who need encouragement, for those who need to be, cur- to, to be encouraged, and for those who need to walk encouraged. Father, I pray that you will instill in them, Father, just your mighty, mightiness, and that they will see you, and that they will experience you in a greater way this morning. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Once upon a time in Kenya, there was this remote, unfriendly village called Kamasua. And it, clung to, and it clung to a mountainside. And there lived an old lady called Bibi. And Bibi was known for her very strange habits. She was known amongst, this, amongst her neighbors as one that was really odd. But because this village was just full of darkness, people did not commune with one another, they didn't have fellowship with one another. It's like the side of the mountain was just very, very dark. And the only people that went up to the mountain besides Bibi was the children. And they only went up there because they were, profi- they, were profi- they were not allowed to go from their parents. And so the children, when they climbed this mountain, they would meet Bibi. And they, will see, they would see that Bibi was just up at this mountain every day. And she was bending down and placing something into the ground. And she was doing this day in and day out. And every time, as I said, the children will go up and they will ask Bibi, what are you doing? Granny, why are you here? What are you putting into the ground? And she would reply the same thing over and over again. Children, I am changing the face of the mountain. The children grew and most of them left the village after after they graduated from from high school. And after a little while, after a little while, one of the children, whose name was Mia, returned with her own family to show her family where she was raised, to show her family this, this village that she lived in that people did not really have fellowship or commune. But when she came back, she was astonished. Mia not only recognized the village was full of happiness, and the village was full of people coming together and having fun with one another and speaking with one another. But she also noticed that the mountain was full of flowers, and the mountains were full of trees, and that the mountain was no longer dark. And so Mia asked one of the women in the, in the village and, and stopped her and said, when did all this come about? What happened to the unwelcoming and unproductive my, mountainside of my childhood? And the villager replied, Do you remember that old strange lady, Bibi, who lived here? You know, the one that would wander up into the mountainside and she would just go and just day after day, just pick, pick up something and just plant, plant it into the ground? And Mia said, Yes, I remember that old lady. And I remember what she did. And I remember that every time we asked her as children what she was doing, she would reply, I am changing the face of the mountain. When I first heard that story, it impacted my life. Because when I read it, it makes me think of what God does in times of preparation in our lives it makes me realize that we go through a season of preparation, but it's out those seasons of preparation that God is doing something just like planting seeds that will eventually grow on a mountainside into something beautiful, into something lively. And there are times in our lives where we might feel like a BB, that we know that God has called us to do something, but we might feel that we are a little bit crazy. But I'm here today to encourage you. If God has placed something in your heart, if he has called you to stand for something, if he has called you to speak forth about something, you're not crazy, you're called. And I want to say that again. You are not crazy like Bibi, but you are called. God has called you to do something, and he has called you because he wants to prepare you to do something not for your own being, but to also change, to change history like we will read in the book of Esther. To change not only history, but maybe to change or impact your community or to change and impact your family. See, when God calls us, we might feel at times crazy or insecure or not able to do what he's called us to do or sometimes feel a little bit of that just, Craziness and step aside and say, No, God, I won't do it. But be assured that when God calls us, He will see it through. He will help us see it through because we are always in a process of preparation. And it's through this preparation process that God then wants to take us to the next phase of promotion. And then out of the promotion phase, he wants to take us to the purpose phase. And that's the phase where we're used of God to accomplish his purposes and to accomplish and fulfill our destiny that he has called us to do. This morning, I I will continue the series, Rebuild and Restore, going back on track with God. The story of Esther has it all. It's that kind of stuff that makes reading so fascinating. Esther finds herself thirst into a threatening situation that has no visible escape route. A mixture of uncertainty and danger lurks in the shadows as she finds herself virtually trapped in a no-win situation of circumstance. Remarkably, Esther does not despair or lose hope. Rather, she survives. She excels. It's as if Esther was made for such a time as this. Esther was she was innocent. She was victimized. And she was placed in a situation where she had to step out by God's grace to make a difference. Throwing protocol to the wind and ignoring her fears and insecurities, Esther as a woman stood in a gap, that most of her peers would have never risked doing. And in doing so, she not only exposed and stopped the plans of an evil man like Adolf Hitler, who had a violent agenda, but Esther's courageous actions saved her Jewish nation from its Now, that's what I call a real fascinating story. When you have a story this compelling... And a plot this interesting, revolving around a woman that dynamic, you can't miss reading it. Furthermore, when we read of the exploits that God used Esther to do, we, quick, we quickly discover that there are hidden treasures in this biblical character that we read in the book of Esther. And trust me, you're going to fall in love with Esther Then you're going to wonder, how in the world did I ever live life without recognizing the story of Esther and how God was behind the scenes doing great and mighty exploits on the behalf of his people? All the way through my study of Esther, I have been reminded again and again how God works behind the scenes. What a wonderful and accurate description of God and how we see him working behind the scenes to protect his people that we see in the book of Esther. The more you read her story, the more you will agree. But I want to warn you, Esther's story is contained in the book in the Bible, as I previously said, that his name is not mentioned. It is one of the two books in the Bible in which the name of God is not written down. But the ruler that we find the king, King Ahasuerus, who is mentioned in the book of, of Esther. He is mentioned 175 times, while God again is never mentioned. But we know when we read the book of the Bible that God is the main character in the book. God is putting himself on display with, display, with displaying amazing ways that he works on our behalf. Even though Esther's story is found in the most unusual book of the Bible, it will keep your attention from start to finish. Strange and puzzling as it may seem to you as a reader, when you read the book of Esther, you will begin to find treasures that you have never experienced or seen or expected before. Again, God, just because he's not mentioned in the book of Esther... Just because he's not found there does not, mean, does not mean that he was not working behind the scenes on behalf of what Esther was called to do. This is the same in our lives here this morning. There is so much that God does to orchestrate the details in our lives through the good times and through our bad times. Even when we are not aware of it, God is still working all things out for our good according to his plans and purposes. And so we're off to an exciting journey this morning by reading and studying the book of Esther. This road will take several twists and turns, but don't worry, we have not lost our way. We are simply following God, our leader, who has a way of keeping us wondering at times, where we are going, and why it seems so confusing at times on this journey of life. But the good thing is this, God knows what he is about. He may, not be, he, he may not be as we expected, he may not do what we have asked him to do, but he is the only way to go. So this morning I want to address this question to each of us. How hard is it for you To serve God during difficult times, especially when you don't feel his presence, when you don't feel that he is near, when you feel that he is distant. Who of us has longed for a word from God, searched for a glimpse of his power, or yearned for the reassurance of his presence, only to feel that he seems so away from us, distant as I said? But yet, we realize how very present he was with us all along the way. God may at times seem seem distant to us. And though he is invisible to us, be assured he is always powerful. And that he can never be defeated and he will always overcome. And And in that principle, that's the main lesson that I have discovered in the book of Esther. Though God is almost is, is absent by name from the, present, from the pages of this Jewish history book of Esther, we can know again and again that he ultimately and finally brings everything to a marvelous climax as he proves himself Lord to his people. Therefore, if you find yourself this morning feeling a bit distant from God, and you don't feel his presence and you feel that he is not presently with you, this morning's message on the book of Esther is just for you. Why? Because number one, you might be experiencing what I mentioned before, the preparing phrase. In this first phrase of preparing, God is developing within you character and setting the stage for that second phase, which I call the promotion phase. In the second phase of the promotion phase, that is when God is promoting you in the right place at the right time to fulfill the destiny and the purposes that he has called you to achieve. And out of the promotion page, God will then eventually lead you into the third phase, which I call the purpose phase. And that is just like the story of Esther. God is calling you to take action so that he can fulfill his plans and purposes and destiny through you, just like he did in the story of Esther. And it's in this phase three that I can say with confidence to you again that you're not crazy, but you are called. When you know that God has spoken something or planted something in your heart to do something, you are in that stage of fulfilling that plan and purpose and destiny that God has called you. But this morning, I want to—I want us to look at Esther to show how God allows us to experience all three of those phases, the preparing phase, the promotion phase, and the purpose phase, so that we can take our place and position that God has called us for such a time as this. But before we dive into the story of Esther, I think we need again dig deeper into the understanding of the history of what's taken place during the time that the book of Esther was written. The book of Esther is just basically a story filled with, as I mentioned before, mystery and suspense. It actually has a villain, heroes, devious deeds, and a great rescue. The villain gets his due, though, as we know, at the end. And the good guys do win at the end as well. Truth is, in this case, truth is better than fiction. And the truth is that one young woman, apparently a pawn in this great story, acted as God's carefully placed servant who carefully exerted her leadership and changed the course of history. With God's help, Queen Esther saved her Jewish nation actually from genocide. Esther was an orphan. We read this in chapter 2, verse 7. And she was raised by her cousin Mordecai, who we know that was about 15 years older than Esther. And according to Esther, chapter 2, verse 7, she was lovely in form and features and evidently developed a poise to match her physical beauty. Mordecai, as I mentioned before, her cousin had raised Esther as his own very own daughter after her parents' death, as we read in Esther. He has evidently brought Esther up, and he's done this, as we read in the book of Deuteronomy, according to Moses' law that we find in Deuteronomy 6. So basically... The quick plot summary of Esther. The Persian king, Xerxes, selected Esther as his queen. After a series of unjust events, a character, a man, an evil man by the name of Haman, gets together and devises a plan that he wants to execute the king, that he wants to assassinate him. And eventually, Haman is led through the story that, in short, he wants to bring a genocide to all of God's people, the Jews. However, in God's providence, only one person, by the name Esther, can gain an audience with the king to discourage him from this tragic slaughter of the Jewish people. This young woman, Esther, held the fate of history in her hands. But to act could cost her her life. We read in Esther uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, that Esther was the queen of the most powerful empire of Persia. Not only Persia, but the most powerful empire on earth. And she enjoyed all of the privileges of a queen. So she had the ear of the king. But why do you think Esther would risk her life To persuade the king to change a degree to not to kill or bring genocide to God's people, the Jews. Why should anyone risk personal gain or position to help others? Because leadership as stewardship is the Bible's only leadership model. Hear me on that one. Leadership as stewardship is the Bible's only leadership model. The idea that leaders should use their resources to rescue and to develop those under their charge is a foundational truth about leadership. Mordecai, he counseled Esther, as we read in Esther 4, chapter 14. This defines the essence of leadership. And it is written boldly, and it should be boldly written to leaders or anybody who is called of God. And it is this principle that Mordecai said to Esther, who knows, but you have come to your position for such a time as this. In essence, Mordecai is reminding Esther that God is in charge, not the king, not Haman, not Mordecai, or even Esther herself, but that God is the sovereign God who rules all events, that God is the one that's going to go before her, And he is the one that chose her to be the one to let the people of the Jewish people be set free. But it's important to understand that God's plan was not dependent upon Esther. If she actually refused to act, to go see the king, to ask the king to dismiss the degree, to bring genocide to the Jews, if she refused to act upon it, God would have worked his will through another person. Through the statement, as I mentioned, that Mordecai said to Esther in chapter 4, verse 14, Mordecai pointed out to Esther that God orchestrates our events. Her position of power was by his choice and by his purpose. Esther and all others who lead as we are called of God, as we lead, that we must use whatever position God has given us, wherever we are, to accomplish his purposes. And God affords his power and position to accomplish those things in our lives. Now, the story of Esther, as we read in chapter 2 and also in chapter 3, it basically is about Esther as a girl, again, that she was chosen at a time where there is millions of other women who were to be chosen to be the queen of Persia. And it's in Esther chapter 2 that we see the preparation phase, as I mentioned before. It says in Esther chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, Before a girl's turn, before Esther came to go before the king, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the woman. Six months of oil, amyra, of myrrh, and six months with perfume and cosmetics. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything, she was, anything Esther wanted was given to her. And it was for her to be able to go before the king on behalf of the Jews. Esther As we continue in chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any other of the women, and she won his favor and approval more than any other of the virgins. So he set a royal crown on Esther's head and made her queen. Further, we read in Esther chapter 4, verses 12 through 14, When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer again, the famous verse. Do you not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to a rural position for such a time as this as I was preparing this sermon, God began to show me these three, those three phases, as I mentioned, of preparing, promoting and accomplishing God's purposes. The first phase of what I call the preparing phase, what this looks like is like what I opened up with with the story of changing the face of the mountain. It is in this phase that we tend to feel distant and not close to God. It's in this preparing phase that uh, God's presence is just not felt. For an example, you're seeking and asking God for direction and counsel, but you're unable to hear him with clarity. And you're left feeling that God is not listening to your prayers or requests. And he's, not just, he's just not there. He, you just feel nothing. You are basically in a time of waiting. Waiting. Waiting for God to give you that answer. But why is God not answering? You have to ask yourself. If you keep asking, if you keep seeking, if you keep knocking and you're not hearing anything, why is that? I have come to understand throughout the years of my personal relationship with God that it is usually during these times of waiting and not feeling God's presence and feeling that I am distant from him, that it's during these times of waiting, that God's presence is actually there with me more than I know. Is actually during this time of waiting, that God is setting a stage to help me to move forward into that next stage of promotion and finally to that next stage of accomplishing his purposes and his destiny. The way in which God develops each of these four pillars or these, I mean these three phases in our life. It's going to look different for each of us. The reason why it looks different is because we all go through our own trials and tribulations. We all go through our own times of disappointment, our own times of failure. And it's out of those times that actually God uses to begin to prepare us for that next phase of promotion, of promoting us to where we think that we should be. And it's through our own personal trials and disappointments and failures that God is using them to strengthen us to move to that next phase. You should also know that we might experience the preparing phase in a multiple way of cycles. Meaning, we might be going through the preparing phase cycle over and over and over again. When you are wanting something, but you're not getting it from God. When you are asking him to promote you into a position, but you're not there yet. Why do you keep going through that cycle? This is what God began to show me. He began to show me, for example, if we harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, God will continue to take us on a path for us to let go of that unforgiveness. But if we choose not to hold on to that unforgiveness, God will take us on a different path and help us break that cycle of unforgiveness. In essence, a person can repeat multiple cycles of God leading them on a path of letting go of unforgiveness, but if they choose not to forgive, then they could remain stuck in the phase of preparation for years. Many years and never reach the second phase of promotion. The analogy that God gave me is an athlete who is currently benched, but believes he or she is ready to play in the game. But the coach continues to bench them. It is important for us to understand that it is not God's desire to bench us in his game. However, it's because of God's love, tender mercies, and his care for our well-being that he chooses not to promote us until we are ready. If God promotes us prematurely, it could lead us to our own massive failure and defeat. The Lord gave me two specific examples regarding trials during the preparation phase for both men and women sitting here today. The first example that the Lord spoke to me is that there is a story of a woman in her 40s who had an amazing relationship with the Lord. Sadly, her husband had an affair and left her and their children to marry the woman that he had an affair with. As a result of this trial, she blamed God for her husband's actions and became very angry and bitter towards God. 20 years later, in present time, she still remains bitter with God. And harbors unforgiveness towards her ex husband. This means she remains in the preparing phase and keeps repeating the cycle of harboring for unforgiveness because she has refused to let go of unforgiveness, of anger, of bitterness. Many times we believe that we are waiting on God to move on our behalf, but essentially, He is waiting on us to let go of the things that continue to keep us spiritually in bondage. The second example the Lord gave me was of a businessman in his early 40s and had spent 12 years working in middle management and giving many hours per week, making huge sacrifices in order to achieve a promotion at work. During this last financial crisis in our economy, this businessman not only failed in achieving his desired promotion, but actually lost his job. As a result, he was forced to take a job that he felt was beneath him, just to pay the bills and provide the basics for his family. All of his sacrifices, hard work, and plans to achieve executive management resulted in loss, business failure, embarrassment, and financial pressures. Ultimately, this man blamed God for his business failures and became very angry toward God. This anger also spiraled over to his family and personal life. He continues to blame God for his failures and refuses to let go of his anger. And resulting in this, he continues on the preparation cycle over and over again, where he is not able to move into that next phase of promotion because he is spiritually and financially stuck in this preparing phase. Today, if you find yourself in the preparing phase, don't lose hope. God is always on your behalf. He's working on your behalf. Behind the scenes, 24-7, to position you just like Queen Esther, to take your place or position, to fulfill your God-given destiny. Know that God is working in you to help you transition into the promoting phase. However, God cannot transition you into the next promotion phase until you let go of the things that are holding you captive in the preparing phase. In the promotion phase, the second phase, what this looks like. This is when God is promoting you to the right place, in the right position, at the right time, in order to fulfill your God-given destiny. The characteristics of this phase are number one. This is the time you will experience answers to your prayers from the preparing phase. Number two. It is a time when you experience God's fulfilled promises and redemption. Number three, God is positioning you for big success, for great success. And number four, God's presence is with you. This promoting phase parallels exactly the story of Queen Esther when she was crowned, when she was crowned queen. And then finally in the phase three, God uses your promotion to launch you into fulfilling his destiny, plans, and purposes for your life. In phase three, God is calling you to take action, to move and do what he is calling you to do, and to speak up and to not be silent. This is when God's power is demonstrated in and through you, and you can expect God to bring you great big surprises, like in the story of Esther. Similar to Esther, God's ultimate destiny for her life was demonstrated when she acted encouraged and risked everything, even her own life, to speak on behalf of the Jewish people. From the world's world's perspective, one might think that Esther's ultimate destiny was to be crowned queen. But yet, from God's perspective, Esther's life had a much greater purpose than being an earthly queen. Her high calling was to save the people, the Jewish people, God's people, from extinction and preserve the lineage and legacy of the soon-come-to-be Messiah, Jesus Christ. God is calling you in phase three to take extreme action. And it may look crazy on the outside. It may look crazy to the world. But know that you are not crazy, but you are called for such a time as this. The story of Esther is just full of history. And as I conclude this morning's sermon, I am a history buff. And when I started dissecting and doing an exegesis and the her- hermeneutics of the book of Esther, I actually sat down and wrote a 14-page sermon for you on the history of Esther. And so I I was so excited for this. And I sat down, and I I, I brought together a couple of my friends, and I said, you got to hear this. I have studied the book of Esther, and God's just given me so much history about it, and this is the sermon that I'm going to preach at Cornerstone Parker. They sat down, and I preached for 50 minutes on on the history of Esther. I mean, they sat there praying. I mean, thankfully, they're good friends. And when I was done, they said, Valerie, that was great. But man, that was a long lecture on the history of Esther. And so I was crushed because I just want to encourage you that it's such a the story of Esther comes from such great history of why there why she was called for such a time as, as that time in Persia of everything that brought up in history up to that point. I mean, it's crazy. But the story holds true to present day for our lives. And I want to conclude with those three phases. And at this time, whoever is playing the music or can um, support me, Jamie, that'd be great. I started out by giving three words for three specific people in this congregation this morning. Out of my journal when I was praying specifically, God, okay, you're not going to want me, you don't want me to preach the history lecture. (laughs) So what is it that you want me to preach? And that's when he gave the three words to three people sitting here. And all of those, out of all of those words, God was reading the theme of people not feeling his presence. that I kept hearing over and over again, my people are feeling that I am distant. There are my people in the congregation that I am sending you to to teach, to preach, that they feel that I'm distant, that they're asking me for promotion, that they're asking me for things that I am not ready to give them because they are still in the preparing phase. That is the first group of people that I want you to get prayed for this morning. It's that group of people that miraculously again, Jamie was used of God when she opened up this morning and spoke on letting go. In that preparation phase, if you are in the preparation phase and you feel that you are distant from God and you might be full of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness because you're not getting your way with Him, you're not being promoted. You're not just where you want to be spiritually or relationally or financially. This is for you. You are this first group that I want God to say to you this morning. Let go. If it's anger, if it's bitterness, if it's unexpected expectations, let it go. Because that is sticking you in the cycle of preparation. And you can't move on to the next thing of promotion, that next phase. So if that is you, I want you to be courage. And I want you to stand up. And I want you to come and stand right here. And because I'm just a person full of, of hope with God, I specifically research, God, what oil, What oil do you want people to be prayed for? What oil? Because there's all different types of oils that symbol something. And if that's you, if you're in the first phase of preparation, God says, I want them to be anointed with the oil of cedar. Cedar. Because the oil of cedar can be symbolic to, I want to clean house. I want to clean and allow the person in the preparation stage to let go of everything, to have a cleansing, to experience breakthrough, so if that is you again and whoever the elder feels called to be the one to help me pray for that group of people, please stand up and come grab the cedar anointing oil. The second phase is the promotion phase. And if that is you, that you are, When I read the characteristics of the promotion phase, that this is you, that you're at a time that you feel that God has answered your prayers, that you feel that God has even placed you in a position right now. It could be a new job. It can be uh, uh, starting a new relationship. It can be anything, but you are experiencing a time where God has promoted you into something. But this is also the time that God is asking you to do something. That he just doesn't want you just to enjoy this promotion for yourself. But he is wanting you not to be silent. He's wanting you to take that promotion, just like Esther, and use it for something greater. So if that is you, I asked the Lord, what anointing oil do you want people to be prayed for and anointed with? And he said, the oil of pomegranate. Because the pomegranate oil is symbolic of being full of blessing, of being full of richness, of being full of just whatever God, the fruitfulness of God. And to be so full of God that you're used of him to be used to touch others for him. So if that is you, I want you to stand in the middle here and be prayed for with the pomegranate oil. And lastly, the third group of people, this is that promotion I mean, this is the purpose phase. This is the phase that is quite, quite difficult. Because just like Esther, it's the phase that God has spoke something in your heart. You have a calling. You feel that God has called you to do something. But for whatever reason, you're not stepping out. For whatever reason, you're fearful. Or for whatever reason, you're just not doing what God's called you to do. Now, I know there, there might be circumstances involved, and God knows that too. But that's the group of people that God has chosen to be prayed for today with the Esther oil. That he wants to give you, just like Esther, boldness and courage. That he doesn't want you, this is the time that he doesn't want you to sit still and be, and be silent. Or sit still and not say anything. But this is a time that he wants you to rise up and be an Esther and fulfill what he's called you to be. So I don't know, maybe I'm speaking to nobody here this morning. But please, if you are in one of the three phases, please come up and get prayed for. Please experience what God has for you this morning. Have the courage, have the strength. If you are in the preparation stage, if you are in the promotion stage, or if you are in the the purpose stage. God is speaking to your hearts. And when you stand out, when you take the faith, you better believe that God's going to do something great and mighty in you, just like with Esther. So, Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for your word. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you are a God that's not silent, that you are a God that is working on our behalf, I pray, God, that you will bring people to the altar. God, I pray that you will help them to take that step of faith and be prayed for. God, that you, Jesus, by your power, will help people to let go and help people to be promoted. And to help people to walk and fulfill your destiny and your purposes. And I ask this in Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on CornerstoneChurchofParker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.